609, hi. Show number 1486. Uh, it's Wednesday the 13th, Dave. You know the old superstition about Wednesday the 13th. I, that's why I have Triscidecophobia. Hey, that's a fear of Triscuits? <laughs> yes. I'm very uh, afraid of the uh, the ones with the salt. The pointy edges? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get caught? Yeah. I, I have wheat thinophobia. So. Well, you have wheat thinophobia. I know. So you, uh, you probably go to the same meetings. We do. Yeah. I, that's Dave and I get together I've on Wednesday. There. Yeah. yeah. 356 days till Election Day 2020. Before that, we start impeachment hearings today. You know, uh, Steve, I was but a child, and you were less of a child. You were, you were a smaller child. Um, in 1974, when uh, this went on with Richard Nixon. Yeah, I remember it interrupting uh, Sesame Street. Yeah. You know, we were talking about that yesterday. But the entire country in the three-channel universe was was caught up in this. Now, in the early days, look, I was 12. What do I know? Um, I, I don't know if people, you know, had the, there was a, a collective momentum to the thing, but there was much more focus on it. I don't have a sense of any buzz at all about this outside of the news channels. Well, I can tell you, I remember it very distinctly. Right, it was it was the biggest deal, you guys. It was it was absolutely (laughs) compelling. You you watched all that you could, um, and it was there was I think a lot of momentum. I think people were waiting for the the next big piece of news. Yeah, should have dropped. So, what do you guys think changed from America then and America now? Yeah. Too many distractions. Too much other stuff com- going on. Combination of distractions and also people just are sick and of politics and politicians. Yeah. And it's kind I of th- boring. <laughs> to tell yeah, but you know what, Mary? Yeah, that's funny. Well, it's funny you say that because, it, yes, to the general public, it is boring. It is but boring, it couldn't yeah. be more important. Well, I know that. And that's why you got to make yourself watch it, even if you're, you know. <laughs> it's fascinating to think about, though. Because it's a totally different situation for big history. Yeah. And you go back to 98 with uh, Clinton. It all happened very quickly. The House uh, and the uh, Senate side. It wasn't an elongated thing. The Nixon process was, uh, you have to go back and do the the search, but it was probably a year and a half, you know, in total. Um, And and the Clinton thing was literally a couple of weeks, and uh, he was acquitted. Now, I have a personal belief that Nixon should have resigned. Clinton should have been thrown out of office. And uh, Trump will get his day, and we'll find out. So back then, there wasn't this exhaustion or boredom by politics? No. No, it really wasn't. Because uh, there was a, a disdain for politicians. The same way there's always been a disdain for politicians. But it's different now, because I would say not since the Civil War <laughs> have we all been screaming at each other this much. So today's the day public impeachment hearings start uh, this morning in Washington, and the Democrats could do themselves a favor if they don't do long droning speeches and they get on with it with the questions. And the Republicans could do themselves a favor if they start answering questions and stop throwing other things at it and go and look at the light over there. Now for some more news. Ready? Welcome to the top six of six. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals, and assorted fruits and vegetables <laughs> will be talking about today. Item number one is previously heard on a radio station like this one by someone like me. The first day of public hearing starts today at 10 a.m. Eastern. That's 9 o'clock here. PBS C-SPAN 3. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. 
I, I didn't know there was a C-SPAN. I didn't either. How many are there? Well, apparently there's three. <laughs> Maybe there could be five. Yeah, they, they go back and show classic hearings from the past. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah, the old style. Nice. Because C-SPAN 1 and C-SPAN 2 had generally uh, split the House and the Senate when they were in session mm-hmm. or do book reviews mm-hmm. and have talking <laughs> heads come on. I don't know what C-SPAN 3 is. I think Dave's right. Uh, at any rate, C-SPAN.org, C-SPAN Radio, they're all broadcasting the hearings live. The major uh, news networks will as well. Administration officials are expected to deal details in testimony on how the Democrats say President Trump and his allies pressured Ukraine to announce an investigation of Vice President Joe Biden and other Democrats, and the Republicans are expected to say, nuh-uh. I mean, it might be longer than nuh-uh, but that's the gist of the thing. And when you say major news networks, uh, ABC, CBS, NBC is what you mean, right? Are they all in? I don't they know. They are all in, yes. I can't believe they're going to hang with it all day. Uh, maybe not all day, but they are going to have extended coverage. Right. At least that, that was the sense. story yesterday in Variety. Uh, next, <laughs> Governor J.B. Pritzker's plan to consolidate 650 local police and fire pensions into two statewide funds has hit a wall. The Illinois Municipal League, a longtime advocate for pension consolidation and a backer, of Pritzker's initial proposal last month turned against the legislation in front of a House committee yesterday. Do we know why? Do we know what the problem is? Is there some deal I'm not aware of, Steve? Um, no. All right. Uh, we do not know why. All right. Well, we got our best people on this? We do. We will have one be- half, a half a best person. On okay. So <laughs> we got one person who's not all that good. Very honest. <laughs> but shows up to work. Who is looking into this? Uh, next. How about Italy? Any Italians? Oh, look. Super Joe's Italian. Italy is becoming the first country in the world to require climate change and sustainable development to be taught as part of the curriculum for every grade level. Wouldn't you think that that was already being done? Yeah, I remember being taught to recycle. So I would come home and I was very upset with my mom that we didn't recycle. So then we started recycling. Yeah, you're the front edge of that generation that forced the, the nudniks to the rest yeah. of us to recycle. And we had to drive somewhere to drop off our recycling. It wasn't that easy. So I don't know if we negated the uh, the green by by then having to drive like 30 minutes to drop we off didn't all know. of our recycling. <clears throat> we, didn't know. we had to drive as well. We had to drive down the block to somebody else's house so we could put it in their bin because we didn't have a bin. Sometimes I still do that. We were also we <laughs> were also taught to take the tab off of the pop can and throw huh? it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, we were taught to don't, don't litter from the um, Native American community. Who oh, turned out to yes. be a white guy dressed like an Indian. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was our way of recycling. Um, anyway, it'll mainly be taught in civics classes in Italy, but it'll also play a role in mathematics, physics, and geography classes. And I, I don't know why this isn't a regular thing. Whether you believe in it or not, there's nothing wrong with teaching climate uh, to school kids. Next. The world's largest Starbucks. Uh, you know, I'm not one of you coffee people. I'm on the outside looking in. And by that, I mean I'm going to be on Michigan Avenue looking in the window. But, I see, I think, don't you think there'll be a lot of people who aren't real coffee people going in there? I don't know. They have wine, beer. It's just an experience, Steve. It is. And it's a tourist gifts. thing. Yeah, they have stuff. Well, don't make it sound like it's okay. Oh, I don't know. I'm it's not, not okay really. that there's a 12-story coffee shop. Uh, the world's largest Starbucks opens Friday in Chicago. Starbucks is located in the former Crate and Barrel store on North Michigan Avenue inside the Starbucks. An array of coffee bars. Wait, are the bartenders there to tell you you've had too much? Hey, Jittery Jim, yes. I'm cutting you off. I had that happen to me one time. I went to a wedding in Cleveland, and I got back-to-back coffees, and the guy was like, there's a lot of caffeine in this. I was like, I know. So he was going to cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> Just back-to-back, Joe. You're a wild man. Uh, the Starbucks uh, four-story. Is it four stories? I think that's what Crate and Barrel used to be. I think it's four stories. I don't know. Uh, as well as a bakery uh, in a store and equipment that'll roast about 200,000 pounds of coffee beans a year. 
I couldn't be less excited. I mean, I'm happy for the city. I think it's a nice tourist attraction for people. Uh, we have a lot of tourists who are here. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. I uh, mean, who are always here. And, I'm excited uh, about this one, but uh, I just need a tiny little Starbucks at the bottom of uh, Columbus and Wacker. That's what I need. And yeah. underneath. I'd like, love that one, too. Yeah. How can we have, make that happen, G? I don't know. So if you go into this Starbucks and there's a line, and, and by the way, there will be. There will be. Oh, yes. uh, and there's a line at the bottom Starbucks. Are there Starbucks on every level? So it's like a video game. You just try to get to another Starbucks, see if you can increase a level until you find one that's not so long. Because yeah. it's not like Starbucks turns those coffees around in 10 seconds. No, but I'm sure they've got I'm sure they've got it down pretty efficiently, except for your name. I'm there's sure they'll whole, still get your name wrong. <laughs> there's a whole BS process with magic and sleight of hand where they make you think they're doing something special, and then they get the coffee that was pre-made a while ago and write your name on the side of it. See, I wonder if you could mobile order. So you're at the you're on the first floor, mm-hmm. and you've already pre-ordered your coffee. You get your coffee, but in the meantime, you're ordering. Uh, from the coffee bar on the second floor, so by the time you get up there, they got your coffee ready. That would be a really efficient way to do it, Dave. Let's get Mr. Starbucks on the phone and figure this out. Star- Bob and Connie Starbucks, the people that founded the company. Uh, next, budget airline Norwegian Air is expanding its service from Chicago, adding nonstop flights to Paris and Rome next summer. The Norway-based carrier, which already operates flights from Chicago's O'Hare International Airport to Barcelona and London, announced yesterday seasonal summer service to Paris and Rome. Flights will be offered several times a week. Fares will start at... You ready? You're not ready for this. How much did it cost you to fly from Chicago to Paris or Rome next summer on Norwegian Air? One dollar, Bob. $209, one way. Wow. I was like, I don't need this story. It's not like I'm going to go one way to Rome or Paris. I wish I was this person. But then when you said 209, yeah. my ears perked yeah. up. I am excited wing? about this. How much for the baggage? $100? As long as it's not something like we have to fly out on a Tuesday and come yeah. back like on a Thursday. <laughs> you have to fly out on a Tuesday and come back the previous Monday. And, and how much <laughs> to midnight. sit down on the floor? Well, that's what Mary was just saying. Oh. Uh, everything's going to be an upcharge. Yeah, exactly. So. Bags will be, you know, 50 bucks a bag. And 209 one way. I don't know if that's one way there or one way back, because it could be 209 there and $1,000 <laughs> exactly. coming back. Yeah, good <laughs> point. Uh. Uh, and finally this. Harrods, a famously high-end department store in London, is putting a twist on the holiday tradition of the in-store Santa. Only families that have spent at least $2,500 at the retailer this year will be granted access to Santa's lap for a photo. Oh, my wow. Lord. That's that is horrible. so messed up. How about that? Anybody That's, gets to sit on Santa's lap as wow. long as you're willing to stand in line for four hours. Oh, I can't believe this is being done. Harrods in London, in downtown London, 2500 bucks in a year if you want to be on Santa's lap. Wow. And Santa approved of that? Uh, Santa's not happy. Santa's taking a meeting. Does that that your, come with a flight to... Yeah. Yes, 209 one way. <laughs> That's your top six and six. That's it! That's all today for the top six and six. No more! Holidays are almost upon us. For some of you, they already are. I'm driving around. I'm seeing Christmas lights. It's like two days after Veterans Day. So maybe it's the cold weather and you've got the fever. The cold weather has caused you to have holiday fever. But uh, such is the case. We we now have full-on holiday kick-in early. I, I don't have my Christmas lights up. I'm being mocked by my neighbors. So, you know, one of the other things that's going on, Steve, is because there's fewer days between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. So maybe that's what people are thinking, that they want to get as much out of the holidays this year as possible. So I think we're minus five days this year. People are freaking out. You don't think they've just been hypnotized by, uh, by uh, well, the weather or whatever? Mm, yeah, well, that's pushing them because they're all of a sudden like, wow, it's cold. It's Christmas. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, got to start shopping. Lot. Get out there. Yeah. That's right. Um, in the meantime, we want to wish Marie Osmond well. 
a holiday uh, good wishes to uh, Marie Osmond, who broke her knee. Um, Marie, Donnie and Marie. Donnie's an old pal. I've kind of lost touch with him, but Donnie and, and Marie are doing their final week of shows in Vegas, where in residency they've made about a billion dollars in the last uh, couple of years. Seriously, a billion? Uh, it's just unbelievable wow. the amount of money these, these Vegas acts make. But anyway, Marie, Os- uh, Marie Osmond is starting to fall down now. It's the second time she's fallen. It could be the stilettos. Um, she's co-hosting the talk, and she opened up about falling on stage during one of her Vegas performances last week, and she broke her knee. Oh, could you imagine? Broke like her kneecap? Yeah, her kneecap. There's a chip behind the oh. kneecap that had to be repaired, obviously. Um, but she knew it was broken because she had done it once before, and she has heard um, either on mic or you know on video uh, by somebody who caught it on stage that she's telling Donnie. I I can't walk. I think I broke my knee. I did it once before. I just did it a second time. It's underneath the kneecap. I chipped off a piece. But this is my favorite part. This is why she's the toughest Osmond. So I probably won't be dancing a lot, but I sure can still sing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> With a broken knee. There's always stools were, to sit on or a wheelchair. Were there any curse words? Because I can't imagine her being a curser. No, the Osmonds aren't allowed yeah, to curse. They're not allowed. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to the last week of shows at the Flamingo, and if you're listening and you're going, you're going to Vegas and hoping to see the show, you're going to see the show. I mean, Marie might be sitting in a rocker, but she's going to be doing a show. Because, yeah, there's just something about the words broken knee that sounds super painful. Well, didn't, uh, isn't that what, uh, what's his name, did uh, the quarterback for the Kansas City, didn't it? Did he break his knee? I thought he, or did Patrick Mahomes break his knee? Dave, let's go live uh, to Dave in I Kansas City. I don't think it was a broken knee. Was it the kneecap or something that slipped off? Or yeah, he dislocated his knee. Dislocated. Yeah, yeah. it was dislocated. Okay. Which it's pretty you know, freaking painful for him to come back as quickly it's as amazing. he did. Is pretty yeah. amazing. Well, how about Marie Osmond coming back as quickly as she did? Let's give her some credit. Does she play for the Chiefs? She doesn't have to. She's too strong, too tough, too. She dances too much. in stilettos. Can you do that? Right. Is Mahomes uh, on their show? He's not strong enough to be on okay. her show, and I'm a Mahomes fan. I'm telling you, Marie Osmond. Was the rest your... of the Osmonds can kiss her butt because she's getting it done. She your uh, girl crush? Oh, when I was a kid, uh, totally. You kidding me? She was. She was your number one. Uh, she wasn't number one necessarily, but she, you know, it was a rotating list. It depended on the week, <laughs> uh, but she was certainly top three. Yeah. John, didn't you have a Marie Osmond thing? Oh, I did. Yeah, because yeah, uh, we watched that every every time they had that Marie Donnie Marie show. Yeah, that was a big thing. And she then was you're adorable. Either, you're either a Donnie or a Davy Jones fan. Donnie or couldn't be both. Well, that'd be you. Is this Davy Jones locker? Yeah, I was Davy. Donnie had too many yeah. teeth. Davy Jones is the monkeys. Jones the monkeys. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we have to educate G oh, on things that happened oh, since. Oh, wow. <laughs> is there something called Davy Jones's locker? Yeah, pirate. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with Davy Jones. All right, coming up on 643 we'll uh, take a break here we'll come back Karen Conti will join us in a little bit give us a little bit of the legal perspective on impeachment day where uh, the uh, good fun starts in Washington in just a couple of hours before we do that Karen Conti is standing by on the phone let's go there and say hi to Karen Conti good morning Karen good morning Steve how are you today I'm doing very well thank you all right good talk uh Karen for people that want to get a hold of you at work what do they do Call me at 312-332-7800, or better yet, email me at wgn at askkarenconti.com. Okay, so let me get you with a couple of legal things here. Rudy Giuliani is the president's personal lawyer. As the president's personal lawyer, there's a whole there's a claim going on that's going to come up a lot in the next few days, maybe weeks. 
that he was operating sort of a shadow diplomacy, off the books sort of diplomacy and all that. Is he in any legal jeopardy for all this stuff? You know, I think he is. And let me just say this. I'm going to try not to be political because Giuliani was a good man. I really respected him a lot. What he's doing now is really a problem. There's an act called the Logan Act, and it makes it illegal for a private person without authorization from the government to negotiate with a foreign country over a dispute. I mean, and it seems to me that that's sort of the definition of what he's doing. When we saw him uh, in the Ukraine trying to get these things moving and trying to, you know, kind of forward what uh, Donald Trump was doing, you know, that's that's him doing that. That's him negotiating. And that's I, I would say that's a violation of the law. And again, remember, he's Trump's personal lawyer. He's not the attorney general. He's not acting on behalf of the United States. He's acting on behalf of Donald Trump's personal interests. So by almost definition, he's violating that law. I mean, he's really taking a big risk. Well, there's there's uh, uh, this is where it gets fuzzy right out of the gate, right? Because impeachment is political, but you can you can break the law and then be subject to criminal penalties and 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 trials and things of that nature if that's found out during an impeachment. So when does it cross over and become a legal thing? It depends on what he says or what other people say about him. Well, you know, he, Giuliani can't be impeached. He's, he's just a personal president, right? So he, I, I mean, I can just imagine that there are federal prosecutors watching this whole thing. Now we have transcripts. Sure. Now we know what Giuliani was doing. And this is not even like he said, she said. Giuliani admits that he's doing this. He goes on Fox and tells people that this is what he was doing. So the question is, does that cross over the line? And is that a violation of the law? And again, that's for a prosecutor to decide. And I would imagine that there are prosecutors who don't like what's going on politically and maybe want to make their name by uh, prosecuting a famous prosecutor i i my prediction is steve you can mark my words on this i think he's going to have an indictment against him yeah i think you're probably right um speaking of the prosecutors uh, the republicans a lot of them uh continue to want the whistleblower the famous whistleblower's name uh outed it's been outed in various places if you believe that individual whose name has been said is in fact said whistleblower uh, that person was not on the call, was not in the room. However, other people who were have uh, have made very specific testimony as to what the president said. So the whistleblower's identity doesn't matter, right? Because you've got verification from three, four, five other people. Well, I, I, I really do agree with you. So the whistleblower heard something, heard that he heard from somebody that Trump said something. So that's definitely hearsay. But he reported it. He said, you know, if Trump said that, and I, this is coming from reliable sources that he did say it, this is a problem because it violates the law. So that's what that's the report he made. It really doesn't matter if he's political, if he's a Democrat or Republican, if he likes Trump or he doesn't. He reported the conduct. Now, we know what the conduct is because it was recorded. And there's a transcript of it. And other people were privy to that conversation. So we know what the conversation was. The question is, does that rise to the level of treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors? And the answer to that question has nothing to do with the law. It has everything to do with whether the politics are such that the House is going to vote to call that an impeachable offense. Right. And and the, the Whistleblower Protection Act from, what, 1986, I think, something like that, uh, is a very important piece of legislation. It may or may not cover this. You can argue anything in court eventually. But the point being... Uh, whoever's in the White House, a Republican, a Democrat, whoever, you have to allow whistleblowers in the private sector and in public to be able to maintain their anonymity. Otherwise, nobody's going to come forward. 
a lot of good things have come out of whistleblowing. Uh, and frankly, if you look at the history, it goes back into before we even became a country. So there's always been protections for people who see that their government is doing something wrong and has the nerve to basically say, my government's doing something wrong. And you see this in business, you see this in, in the local politics. It's very, very important. I get calls all the time from people who see waste going on or payoffs being made, and they want to report it, but they want to keep their job and they want to support their families. And, and it's a very important part of our, our legal process. All right. So the possible articles of impeachment, the impeachable offenses, as we best understand them, do they go beyond the call? Um, I'm sorry, you mean like, what, what would those offenses be? Yeah, I mean, the call is the center of the argument here, but the, right. the call can be tied into a number of different things. What's your guess on how deep this goes? Oh, sure. sure. I mean, they could have a number of articles of impeachment. So there's like different counts of the, of the indictment. I'm calling it an indictment. It's an impeachment. But it's it's very much like, a, like an indictment that you see from the federal government. So we have obstruction of justice, perhaps abuse of power, uh, defying subpoenas and this can be in relation to this call that we're talking about but also we could they could go back and say during the Mueller investigation he was obstructing justice by telling people not to testify or to uh, disobey certain subpoenas so it could not it doesn't have to just be on this issue of this call with the Ukraine it could be on other things as well uh, is it uh, Clinton had uh, attorneys in the room for uh, Clinton eventually um, one of the main complaints from Trump's people is that this has been an unfair process. He hasn't been able to confront his accuser, blah, blah, blah. Well, his accusers are out there and they're public now. So I don't know that that's a viable argument. But um, does he have a point that his lawyers, whoever they are, probably not Rudy, but whoever they are, ought to be present? Uh, I do agree with that. First of all, I think we should have rules about impeachment. We really don't. Yeah, the Constitution really is bare bones. And you would think that after Clinton, there would be somebody who would say, hey, you know what? Let's just give this some order. Let's give this a process. And again, there's no due process that uh, uh, anyone's entitled to in an impeachment. If you want to analogize it, the House is like a prosecutor. So this is more like a grand jury that we're going to see over the next few days. But uh, Trump's lawyers are going to be, and, and I think the other parties is going to be able to cross-examine the witnesses. So there is going to be some semblance of transparency here, but I don't think anyone liked the fact that some of this went on in closed doors. I think that was a problem for people who were pro-Trump and against Trump. We want to see what's going on, and if an impeachment is going to happen, we want to know why, and we want to know the basis of that impeachment. Well, especially in a climate where nobody trusts anybody. John? Uh, yes, good morning, Karen. John DeCause, Kodiak Daily Mirror. Good morning. Um, <laughs> I have a uh, is, is the subpoena is the subpoena that any of these Republicans are receiving any different than a subpoena I would receive because they seem to just blow it off. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 got the same weight of the law. Various bodies have the authority to issue subpoenas. So a state court could issue a subpoena, a federal judge, and in this case, Congress has the subpoena power. So it has, you know, the violation of it is a violation of the law. Now, who's going to enforce that? The Congress could hold a hearing and hold someone in contempt. They could send it to a federal judge, and the judge can hold someone in contempt. It doesn't happen very often that people disobey subpoenas, contrary to what you might be seeing right now. And it's very, very rare that someone gets punished by being thrown in jail or fined. But we haven't seen any of that. We've seen people who are just blowing off the subpoenas. And I think that maybe the argument is going to be, look, they're blowing off the subpoenas. That must mean they have something to hide. They could stand up and defend themselves.
themselves. We're going to use that in our favor to say, you know, you, you ignored the subpoena. You, you probably weren't going to help this cause at all. Yeah, the timing is going to be different today. Instead of five-minute speeches by these Congress people that end with a 10-second question, there's going to be 45-minute chunks of time to talk where the attorneys for both sides will have an opportunity to, I guess, what amounts to cross-examine. Huh? Yeah, I think that's what it, it's going to be. I, I mean, every obviously, the... This is all for the public, and this is all showing, you know, what what the bad evidence is, and the Republicans are going to, you know, want to stand up and say that this doesn't rise to the level. I guess I just want to put this in perspective. Do you remember a a governor named Blagojevich? And do you remember one of the things or several of the counts uh, against him for which he is spending a huge amount of time in jail, selling the Senate seat, saying, I'm not going to give $8 million to a children's hospital because I want to... Well, I know where you're going on this. I'm up against the clock, but I know where you're going on this. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Trump didn't do it. Blagojevich is still in jail. Trump's got a problem. Well, and it's and it's quid pro quo. Give right. me something of personal value to me, and I will do something for right. the state. That's right, not right, the way right. it works. Right. That's just not the way it works. Thank you, Kerry Conti. We're back with the news next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Well, the uh, John Legend was just named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, and he uh, co-authored a new version of Baby, It's Cold Outside. We will get John DeCoss's version of uh, some of the other Christmas songs that, frankly, need to be cleaned up as well. It's a very PC Christmas coming up. I really can't stop. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. I can call you a ride. John Legend and Kelly Clarkson. I'm so glad that so you dropped in. Time spent with you is paradise. Well, you get the idea, kids. Kelly Clarkson and John Legend. This is a rewrite of the... I guess Dean Martin had the biggest hit with this. been covered a million times. But Baby It's Cold Outside, a hit from the 40s that may not match the Me Too generation's take on songs, and maybe we're taking it all a little too seriously. Having said that, Legend and Clarkson, um, I really can't stay, baby. It's cold outside. I've got to go away, but I'll call you a ride. I love that Uber somehow made it into the song. Uh, What will my friends think? Well, I think they should rejoice. I'll have one more drink. This is my favorite line, I think, in the entire thing. It's your body. It's your choice. (laughs) I'm going to laugh when I listen to it. And you can't, like, sing along. No, you really can't. No. No. It's kind of amazing. The new lyrics, uh, uh, you know, um, in detail are very easy to find. It's a simple uh, Google search. Um, you just heard the part, uh, so very nice time spent with you as paradise. My mom will start to worry. I'll call your car. I'll tell him to hurry. My daddy will be pacing the floor. Waiter, what What are you still living home for? So really, I'd better scurry. <laughs> this is actually in the song. I really you better scurry. Your driver, his name is Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see Legend and Clarkson sitting around with whoever helped him write this thing and go, hey, we need something to rhyme with scurry. Scurry. Mur- Murray. Murray. The Uber guy. He's Murray. <laughs> but maybe just a half drink more. We're both adults, so who's keeping score? What will my friends think? Well, I think they should rejoice. I have more drink. It's your body. It's your choice. Ooh, you really now know. Your eyes are like starlight now to cast a spell. One look at you and then I fell. I ought to say no, no, sir. Then, here's another John Legend. I ought to say no, no, sir. That's Kelly Clarkson. Okay. 
And his response is, then you really ought to go, go, go. <laughs> what? She's telling her. If, if, at all, if at all you're uncomfortable in this right. situation, you should go and wait for Murray outside. This is hashtag Me Too approved. And Murray comes up again. He comes up again in the song. At least I'm going to say that I tried. Well, Murray, he just pulled up outside. That's an actual Damn. lyric from the song. Your driver, his name is Murray. <laughs> Oh, man. They should have added, like, he has five stars. Right. So here's the thing. Right. right. I thought this is ridiculous. Well, it turns out, John DeCosta and I were talking. We looked at some other Christmas songs. Oh, Oh, no. no. Cue the bit. Uh, We'll come back, and John will sing you the newly cleaned up version of three other Christmas songs in just a second. Texters, uh, one word for the rewrite, ridiculous, but then we have this, 815, I disagree completely. There's nothing more romantic than a man taking care of a woman he cherishes. But we also got several texts from females. And the reason I know they're females is because I uh, have incredible sense for the area codes. No, because of what the text says. And the texters, three, four, five in a row, say, uh, if I was a woman offering to stay and he was calling me a car with a guy named Murray, I would think he wouldn't like me, didn't like me, and wanted me to leave. Agree or disagree? Yeah. I agree. All right. So, uh, John, uh, listen, I, I feel like I should take a step back here because you have found three other songs that need to be cleaned up. Well, yeah, I think I think we just have to set it up better for 2019. All right, you know, so I mean, just wh- to, what's the first one? Um, this is God Bless You, Merry Gentlemen. God Bless You, Merry yes. Gentlemen. <laughs> Let me hear a little of the original, Super Joe. That recording, that's the Backstreet Boys from the Christmas album? That it's, seems it's a Backstreet quite women. fresh. It's a Backstreet Women. All right, so you've redone this. Could you right. sing a little bit of it? Sure. No, no, we no haven't problem. recorded this album yet. We're going to. Okay, here you go. A little bit of the, a redo on God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. God bless ladies and gentlemen, transgender, bi, and gay. We no longer will say Christmas, it's happy holiday. To save us all from Satan, but to those who Satan pray. Oh, small bars of mounds, no almond joy, no nuts, just soy. Oh, the fun-sized bars of mounds and soy from milk. <laughs> That's tremendous. Yeah, I thought that from covers... Yeah I, yeah, I blew it. I did, oh, the yeah. last line, sorry. I just think you really have captured where we are. Well, you know, you've got a lot of allergies, and you've got to get that into the... You've got to be careful. Well. you, you just got to be careful. And you have to cover everybody, not just gentlemen. Another texture just chimed in. My name is Murray. I am an Uber driver. Driver, and my star rating is 4 9. <laughs> um, all right, the second song is what? I believe this is Rudolph. A little bit of Rudolph. Frosty, oh, Frosty. I'm Frosty. Here you go. He's a jolly, happy soul with a corn top, five and a button nose, and two eyes made out of coal. All right, so Frosty. We all know Frosty. Frosty yeah. Classic cartoon, classic Christmas special. But you feel that Frosty needs a touch up. Oh, no question about it. All right, roll it. To be. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's get a little music for you here. Frosty the Snowman, as done by John DeCoss. 
Frosty non-gender was as happy as can be With a tootsie pop and a button nose and its eyes to batteries Frosty non-gender is a fake story they say He she made of snow but the children know he she came to life that day There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found For when they placed it on its head, he, she darted dancing round. Frosty non-gender told the kids the rules to play. There's no hugs, you see. Keep four feet from me and police will stay away. Well, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did. It's very important. We don't need to say boys are boys and girls are girls. Right. We need to just clean it up yeah and you know kids just running off in the streets with a snowman that's that's that can't happen now uh, 815 john's rewrites are fantastic thanks for the coffee spew <laughs> <laughs> well, well you, you i love the he you she. are welcome he she he she, he she. <laughs> all right technically so, it would be they them though if, yes, you, yeah, if you were non well that's why we haven't recorded just, yet yes, we have just, a chance to yeah, touch yeah, these things up once I, we get I in the studio i was lucky i could sing he she okay but <laughs> that's good um and, and i know you were going to do the eagles please come home for christmas right. but we were having trouble rhyming Please come home if that's what you desire to do. I'd be happy to pick you up at the airport or the bus station because that's a lot. It's, it in. was a lot to put into the and to get the rhythm and the you know, the whole thing. It's the arrangement. The arrangement's yeah, very difficult. Uh, song number three. The original is uh, is what now? Rudolph. This is Rudolph. Oh, this is Rudolph. Yeah. Okay. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer. It's a classic. Yeah, it wasn't Burl Ives, though, was it? No, I, that was I think Gene Autry. Oh, from okay. 1945. Cowboy Gene. Like yeah, yeah. <clears throat> One of G's favorites, Gene Autry. You're a oh, big fan yes. of Cowboy Gene. Autry. I know Gene Autry. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So a redo, if you would, of uh, Rudolph. Here no we go. question. Here we go. You know Dasher. And Dancer, and Prancer, and Vixen, Comet, and Cupid, and Donner, and Blitzen. But do you recall the most average reindeer of all? (laughs) Rudolph the normal reindeer. Oh, yeah, of course. He's the same as you or I. Nothing stands out about him. Like other reindeers, he can't fly. All of the other reindeers call him by his given name. They always wanted Rudolph to participate in all their games. (laughs) Then one foggy holiday, who you believe did say, Rudolph, with your normal height, won't you on our team tonight? <laughs> All of the reindeer cheered him. Sure, of course. And they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the normal reindeer. <laughs> Participation his trophy. Oh, very nice. I see what you did there at yeah. the end. Very, oh, very this is nice. Great. So if we don't feel special right. 
we won't feel left out. Yeah, no right. bullying. Alone. Everybody oh, gets a trophy. Yes. Everybody gets to fly with Santa. Everybody. You have a lovely voice. We're all average. Right. That wasn't me. Right. Wait, right, right. I mean, did you grow up singing in the choir? Did you take lessons? No. Well, no, he's no more special than anyone else. Thank you. Thank yes, you. No. I think you deserve an award, a medal. Maybe a participation, participation? award. Yeah. Just a ribbon is good. A ribbon. A ribbon. I'll take a ribbon. Oh, that's right. It's not crazy. We'll get you a ribbon. I'll take a seventh place ribbon. What do you think about that? You can do that kind of fine work with everything to make sure that everybody is comfortable. And when your album, Safe Spaces, comes out, I think it's going to be fun for everybody. Well, it's nice. I counted, uh, there are over 272 holiday uh, theme songs, so I'm um, I'm on three. I'm going to do the whole album. Yeah. And Trigger Free, you're still writing that? That's an original Trigger item. Free, yeah. That's coming yeah. up. Yeah, that so that's going to be, this gonna be good. And nice work by you, John. Thank you. Nice work by you. Uh, the Texter's uh, very much on board uh, with Cleaning Up Christmas. Uh, you need to. You hey, need maybe to. call it that. Cleaning Up Christmas. Cleaning Up Christmas. I don't know. It's your, it's your album. It's a 726. That's John DeCoste, musical director for the program. And at 726, we'll uh, come back, uh, get your headlines here in a little bit, and update you on the other stuff on 720 WGN. The desire to clean up Christmas continues. Textures, I want these songs, please. 219, more, please. Maybe we can bring this back later in the show, John, and you could update it, too. So, Sure. Yeah. And also, maybe after 9 o'clock in the CLTV hour, could do a live concert of sorts. Okay, that sounds good. I mean, I like to commit you to things that I have no part in I working on. I love when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> and John, thank you again for opening my eyes to what needs to be done this Christmas. Well, I'm glad you were all receptive to it. <laughs> Texture John is the weird Al of WGN, and that's a tough competition. Uh, really entertaining. So again, we'll try to bring those back for you later in the show, unless John has a concert somewhere that he needs to rush <laughs> out to. My agent just called. Speaking of concerts, hey, Viv, we are bringing the, uh, the choruses and concert uh, folks in this year for Christmas, right? Is it time to solicit for those yet, Super Joe? I mean, is it too early, or should we ask for them now? Yeah, we have a couple booked already, so that's okay. It's time to, yeah. Choruses, choirs, folks like that. We're going to have uh, a couple folks come in and sing live for the holidays in our performance studio right next door. Okay, good. Uh, so uh, it's uh, uh, WGN Radio 303. Well, just email. Just go online and email us a sample of your work and contact information. I almost give it up the snail mail thing. Send us an eight track. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that uh, the Clinton impeachment was done very quickly. Um, let me look at a timeline here, G. And I'll get to that information when Pat Brady joins us in a few minutes. But G came up with something else that I think is very important that we discussed at this time. What did I come up with? Um, it's extremely important we what? bring up something called the love sack. <laughs> I just said this in passing. Love um, sack is not the B-52's love shack. Love sack, baby! And, and um, What is a love that. sack? And by the way, don't make up your own jokes in the car. Listen to the answer. Yes, and it's not a anatomical uh-huh. reference. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst name. Can we agree? It's the worst name it's for a company. It's the worst name. And I, that was my, I was telling you, I think this okay. is the worst name for a company. It's L-O-V-E-S-A-C. And what is it? And you can order a customizable sectional couch sofa from Sent, them. That's sent to your house? Yes. So like a the of, mattress delivery company. Right. But it's a, a sofa. And a lot of my friends have been purchasing sofas from the love sack company and it comes in giant cardboard boxes so the other day in my lobby there was also these cardboard boxes with love sack all over them and i just keep thinking that's the worst name ever is it sac sac so it's l-o-v-e-s-a-c and and it's it's just couches 
it's couches. But I did do a deeper dive on this because I thought, why would a company name themselves this? And they're trying to hashtag this term sectional, S-A-C, instead of a sectional. It's sectional. But when I call it love sec. Terrible. (laughs) So, but it's gaining popularity. I did a deeper dive on this, like I said, and it turns out that the creator of this company way back decades ago created a version of a bean bag you know the bean bag that would be an actual sack that he called the love sack but why he decided to call this bean bag chair the love sack i don't know because here's the thing if you're trying to you know have some subliminal sex thing going on here there's nothing sexy <laughs> about love sack no, um, just the images the, that right uh, it's just it's hard to hear and i you know then of course this is what is conjured up in my mind you know people love to decorate vehicles with accoutrements mm-hmm. and i remember driving on the highway once and seeing something dangling from someone's license plate and i couldn't believe i got closer i was like what is that what is that and then i got closer i was like i cannot believe anyone would have this on their vehicle mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, have you seen that before mm-hmm. have you seen i couldn't yeah. believe it so then of course that's dave, what it i made dave take it off so his car i you know i have ptsd from that and then i think this name and then all my friends are ordering their sectional from the love sack <laughs> it's lovesack.com if you just can't get enough steve i was looking at the the big, uh, most comfortable seat, this thing that looks like a beanbag, mm-hmm. it looks like a giant dog bed, and the person is <laughs> oh. just like sunk in the middle of it. I mean, I say that in a good way, because it looks really comfortable, but it's big and plump like a dog bed would be. Well, when beanbags were originally a thing in the 60s or 70s, my Uncle Hank sat in one. He's still there. He actually died in it. You can't get out of them. Hard to get out of, and then if you puncture one, and those little uh, foamy beads mm-hmm. end up right. going I everywhere. I still have one in my house. You want me to bring it in? No. A little beanbag? <laughs> You're not going to get rid of it that easy. My son hit it at college for some reason. I don't know. It's it didn't get old. flooded in your basement? No, it was upstairs. <laughs> I you was, know, yeah. You know, I have a toilet that I'm uh, kind of marketing that has a uh, a seat warmer and it automatically cleans itself. It's called the glory hole. Yeah, I, I know the one you're talking about. Don't call yeah. it that. Day. Again, it's a terrible idea, but no. I know the one he's talking about. Available now online. Yeah. From KTEL Records. <laughs> <laughs> Love sack, baby! Anyway, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like from The Onion or something, but uh, yeah, no, it's a real company. And the beanbags that they sell now, they look like giant donuts that you sit in the middle of. That's what Steve Rosanch yeah, was talking yeah. about, but there are smaller versions of that you buy for your cat or dog to snuggle up in. This looks like bigger than a dog bed, though. This looks like something that you would get in and go, I- I'm done. Never coming out. Pat Brady is uh, standing by, and uh, Pat's got a fine legal mind and a somewhat shaky other mind. Uh, Good morning, Pat. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Cocker. How are you? Nice to talk to you on impeachment day. um, This is the thing you dreaded. This is the thing you said none of us should want to have happen. I don't know anybody wanted it to happen, but we're here. So give me the lay of the land. What are we going to see today, or what are we going to hear? Uh, today you're going to hear from two key witnesses. You're going to hear from um, William Taylor, who was the top diplomat to Ukraine. And you're going to hear from George Kent, who is the person from the State Department that was responsible for United States policy with Ukraine. And they are expected to testify about the uh, quid pro quo or the, or the bribery or the extortion, whatever you want to call it, that the president uh, used to get an investigation as president of the United States into his political opponents. So the Clinton uh, impeachment was uh, a little bit different because there was a special prosecutor. Is that what Ken Starr's title was? Yeah. In, in fact, in both cases, there was a special prosecutor in Nixon and, and in Clinton. And, and the, the 
Uh, they just basically took the Ken Starr report in the Clinton case, and the Judiciary Committee adopted that, and there were very few public hearings, although there were a lot of public hearings in the Nixon case. In this case, this, this investigation has been conducted by the Intelligence Committee that's going to uh, have witnesses here. They're going to vote this out of committee, and then it goes over the, to the Judiciary Committee, which is the committee that will make the ultimate referral to the, the general body to vote on articles of impeachment. So you go back to the time frame of the Clinton thing. It was mostly in 1998, but the grand jury did the legwork, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that we're seeing the Democrats do now in the inquiry. The inquiry now is the grand jury then? Exactly. And uh, they, and even in the Nixon case, or the Clinton case, a lot of the hearings were done in, in secret until they did the, the, the public hearings. There, there weren't that many public hearings in the Clinton matter. In fact, most of the hearings were about the Republicans that were on the committee that had their own uh, infidelities or indiscretions, and so they had to recuse themselves from the proceedings. It was kind of a kind of a mess. And in the week before Christmas in '98, um, going into I guess the break, and then January seventh. These are the notes I'm looking at now of '99. The Clinton trial started. It was over in a day or two, and the House voted to impeach. Uh, and the Democrats who controlled the Senate uh, voted to acquit, or whatever the appropriate word would be, to not throw him out of office. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And that's what people anticipate happening here, that there's going to have to be 20 Republicans in the Senate that, that break against the president and, and, and vote for impeachment. That's why today, and, and I think the Democrats have gotten better at it, but still the country's roughly split 50-50 on whether he should be impeached and removed. But the story of what happened here, the, the importance of Ukraine to our national security, to their national security, uh, Russia, all these other bigger, broader factors that point to why it was so bad that what the president did, meaning holding up foreign aid to a, an ally uh, for political benefit, why that's so important. They really haven't told that story yet. There's been a lot of talk about how this and the Russia slash Mueller story are the same story. You agree with that or disagree? You know, one one links to the other. In other words, well, the the, the common denominator is, is is Russia, and I remember you know, when you and I grew up, and it's still the case. Uh, Russia, they're bad actors. Vladimir Putin is the former director of KGB, and he's a murderer. And for some reason, this president wants to curry favor with the Russians, and that's the common thread there. Another common thread is that the president, in, in both cases, when he was a candidate and now as president, doesn't get that you can't allow foreign interference in our elections. It, it, it violates the law and as president of the united states the issue is going to be whether he abused his authority in asking a foreign uh, uh, government to get involved in our elections so pat you're saying that they've not done a very good job of uh, telling the story of uh, what happened here is this an opportunity for them to be able to actually tell the story and perhaps maybe get a moral verdict from this yeah i think it's a great opportunity and i know they have career prosecutors some really uh, talented people that are going to help put this case on today. But to me, it's a political decision we're going to make here. And the country's not yet persuaded that the president needs to be impeached and removed. And I think they have an opportunity to lay to lay this out. It's, it's almost, and I know the Republicans are screaming it, that it's theater. Well, it is theater. And, and it's politics. And you're trying to convince people that what the president did, the Democrats are, what the president did, requires that he be removed from office and they just haven't done that yet there's a political piece of this i keep going back to the clinton thing because it's the most recent comparison you can make but there's a political piece of this which is vastly different i've said forever i've never seen more cowards in washington 
than we've seen in the last several years. Um, and now we're going into the major election year. The entire House is up. I think there's 19 or more Senate seats that are up. Probably is more than that now that I think about it. And obviously the presidency. Uh, the Clinton thing was wrapped up in 99, a year before an election year. So that's a big deal difference in regards to how these people are going to act, yes or no? Yeah, it's a huge it's it's a game changer. Plus, a couple things. If this actually goes forward and goes to the Senate, six senators that are running for president as Democrats can't be on the campaign trail. That helps Joe Biden. But the other thing, and this is as a Republican, the long term problem I see is that if we don't, if this evidence comes in like we've seen so far, and it's pretty clear what the president did, and all the Republicans in lockstep don't step up and say, hey, it's country first, it's democracy first, it's it's United States first, not Russia first. I think that has a really bad long-term implication for the Republican Marty, Party and the conservative movement. We're supposed to be law and order. We're supposed to be strong on national defense. We're supposed to stick with our allies. And and I think it could be really bad for the Republicans if they don't handle this correctly. For a prosecutor in the modern age, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the differences between during the uh, trials with Nixon and even with uh, Clinton, they didn't have to account for so many cable channels and they also didn't have to account for social media. So as a modern day prosecutor, what do you think that they're going to have to think about that maybe wasn't thought about in the past? Yeah, it's a huge difference. It was only three networks. And then probably the biggest thing at the difference is in, in the Nixon case, this thing percolated for a long time before they actually had the hearing, so the nation was fixated on it. But to answer your question, G, what I think both sides have to do is come up with better messages. The Democrats finally quit saying quid pro quo, which is a Latin term, which for a guy that went to Catholic school, that's usually what I heard right before I get hit with a ruler. I mean, say bribery, you know, you know, say extortion, say, you know, say use those words that even in the social media world, those words trickle out. They, they're just, they're simple messages. And for the Republicans, they're going to have to get a better message other than the process argument. They're going to have to show why the president was acting without corrupt intent in doing this. I think they've got an uphill climb, but I think they can do it. But you have to stay, keep it simple and stay on the same message. And that's the problem with the president. He has his own Twitter feed and he kind of gets everybody off message. Um, you and I were just kids uh, when Nixon went away, um, but obviously we're old enough to remember it and appreciate that it was a big deal. Uh, we've sort of romanticized to some extent the version of what happened where three brave Republicans led by Barry Goldwater walk into Nixon's office and said, you've got to go, it's over, you've lost the Senate, and the next day he resigns. Is that true? Does that hold up? Because there are no more Goldwater-led types, as far as I'm concerned, as long as McCain is gone. Yeah, and it's different, and there are a lot of differences between then and today, but you hit the nail on the head that we're in an election. We have an election coming up in in, in less than a year, and a lot of folks are concerned about that. I, I think for this to tip the scales to the point where we get somebody like a McCain that did what Goldwater did, we're going to have to really show the damage that this did to United States national security or its interests right. abroad. And I don't think we've seen that yet. I don't think they've told the tale yet. And it allows the Republicans now to say, well, you know, no harm, no foul. It's bad, bad conduct, but nobody got hurt. So we'll see. I got 30 seconds here. Any chance the Democrats don't vote to impeach that a few may stray? No. They voted lockstep just to, to put the rules together. They'll, they'll, they'll vote this out. He will. The articles will impeach him unless something crazy happens here. And all you need is one. Just, 
Yep. Yeah, I wanted to move forward. Simple majority yep. in the House, two-thirds supermajority in the Senate to remove, yes. which, of course, we know has never happened. Uh, thank you for the education, Pat. We appreciate it. All right, guys. See you. Have a good day. That's Pat Brady. What's happening in show business? Well, we may get to it. We may not. Uh, but Dean will be on either way, and uh, he'll join us in just a few minutes. I was watching the monitors, and on Channel 9 this morning, I saw he was talking to Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. And uh, the morning show is that uh, new Apple TV thing they're on. I watched the first episode. It's basically the Matt Lauer story um, in the Me Too era. I mean, you know, I love I love those two actresses, but I, I don't know that this is worth the money Apple paid for it. We'll see. And we'll ask Dean coming up. You know, uh, Dean joins us now. Dean, I wanted to say hi to uh, listeners. Susan Mokarski. Yeah. And Susan is a big Dean Richards fan, big Steve Cochran fan. What? Uh, yeah, apparently she drinks. You're the one. And um, so anyway, uh, Susan, thank you. Susan, through no fault of her own, Susan did a song we we're going to play today. Through no fault of her own, we can't do that. I won't get into any deep explanation on it. But anyway, Susan, I really appreciate the effort, and you're very talented. And frankly, you're too smart to listen to the show. <laughs> I think that probably covers it, doesn't it? I think that covers most everybody, but Susan <laughs> went the extra mile. That's what I'm saying. I think she's a teacher. Yeah. So, anyway, Susan, thank you. That's very nice of her. And if you run into Susan Makarski today, uh, thank her and give her money. Give her a big wet kiss from <laughs> us. Well, once again, Dean, you and I got hosed. John Legend has been named the sexiest man alive. I couldn't be more disappointed. Uh, when is a bald guy going to get credit for being bald? There has not been uh, in the uh, all these years, 30-something-plus years, that People Magazine has been doing the sexiest man alive. You got a Mel Gibson. You got a... George Clooney, a Brad Pitt. All hair heavy. Uh, you've got... Uh, Nick Nolte was named Sexiest Man yeah, Alive. Yeah, have you seen him lately? It's what not we, going well. What do we got to do? Nick, when Nick Nolte gets named Sexiest Man Alive, what do we got to do to get on this list? Shave um, our backs? You need, yeah. a, you need a mugshot. I think you have to be married to uh, Chrissy Teigen. I think that makes you sexier if you're married to her. Well, there hasn't been a bald guy named Sexiest Man Alive since The Rock, and that was last year. I mean, how long do we have to wait? <laughs> That's true. Chrissy Teigen uh, had some interesting comments, many of which I can not uh, re- repeat on the air today about her husband uh, getting this lovely award but she also posted a picture you tell me if this is a good thing for a wife to do and maybe it's just the the john legend chrissy teigen household where something like this can be done he's uh, standing at his desk with his uh, back to the camera naked yeah you don't need that and Does she takes a picture know? of him he had to have known she oh. takes a picture of him standing at the desk and you see his buttocks and, uh, you know, post the picture. Well, you know who did that as well is uh, Jay Cutler's wife. Yeah, Kristen Cavallari did yeah. that. Yeah. Showing off Jay Cutler's butt. Now, I, I, my point that day was, hasn't Chicago gone through enough? <laughs> and it turns out we had more to come. <laughs> so, Most of the time his butt was on the, the AstroTurf. <laughs> Which is quite often. So yeah. to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite often. Well, we like John Legend, and, um, and you know, good yeah. for him. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, that's great. We're pretty said, his comment on this was, he can't wait. Now everyone's going to pick him apart and tell him how unsexy he is, mm-hmm. how, how he didn't deserve this. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel for him. Uh, honestly, if there's a discussion about how sexy you are and if you're sexy enough to be sexiest man alive, you got a lot of problems. He also yeah. said it's not fair because last year they picked Idris Elba and now him. He said that's just not fair to me. Yeah, I thought it was The Rock last year. The Rock was in 2016. But other than that, Dean, I don't know that a bald guy has ever been chosen. It's not right.
You know what this is? This is um, discrimination. A- anti anti bald medic. Anti bald. <laughs> <laughs> These people are shinophobic. That's what I'm talking about. Folic phobic. <laughs> That's it. Folic phobic. Uh, stand by. We'll come back with John Legend. Uh, well, we did that. Let's come back with friends. Well, maybe we'll f- do it again. Maybe we'll talk it over. Yeah. Uh, new Elton John dates and uh, Fred Rogers news. A chance to spend the night with Dean. What? Uh, it's a beautiful day in my neighborhood. <laughs> Back to Dean live at Channel 9. Do you give a rat's patootie? And I think we all know where a rat's patootie is about the Starbucks store opening. I think it's interesting that mm-hmm. it's going to be such a ridiculously large store. Just give us coffee, people. It's the old Crate and Barrel store in Michigan. Yeah. Like like a four-story. Yeah, four levels. Uh, Starbucks store. How much space do you need for some? you know... Oh, let's go live to John. He's at the Starbucks store right now, John. Yeah, actually, it's a Starbucks mall. It kind of is. There's 32 Starbucks here. <laughs> well, in the little place. Starbucks across the street from the old Tribune Tower, which has now been ripped to shreds, is that still open? I think so. I think those... Because that's a block from right. the other Starbucks. And there's also a Starbucks in the lobby of the Intercontinental right, across right the street. Right across from the one you just mentioned. You just want... Those are for the quick in and out. This is a theme park. The first floor is the reserved coffee bar. The you second kids, floor... Worst park ever, Mom. <laughs> second floor is the bakery and cafe. Third floor is the experiential coffee bar. And the wait, fourth wait, wait, floor wait. is the mean? cocktail bar. Yeah, what does the experiential mean? Experiential, yeah. It's uh, sophisticated coffee drinks uh, while showcasing the art, science, and theater of coffee. Coffee. That's oh, so right up your alley. So we're going to have a bunch of actor wannabes who are going to be performing while they do coffee? It's more unusual coffee drinks, and you learn uh, about the process and the beans and the tasting notes. Are they going to have the 1995? Are they going to have the coffee beans that the monkeys poop out in the Amazon? They have the ones that the elephants poop out and the monkeys mm. poop out and all the different kinds. And about, like Dave said, they're only 1995 a cup. Right. I was saying to myself the other day, you know what? I am not spending enough money for one cup of coffee. <laughs> right, right. If there was only some place where I could spend more right. money for a cup of coffee, that would be great. <laughs> and make me go from the first floor to the third floor to get a donut. Yep, yep exactly. Yep, a thousand percent. And this is another one of those examples of if my father weren't dead, this would kill him. <laughs> How much for a cup of coffee? That's how they get you. And then he'd ever grab her. When, when Starbucks was first coming around, uh, you know, and I told my mom about this new coffee place, and she said, "You paid how much for a cup of coffee? You know, you know how much I could uh, how much coffee I could make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, but you can go to the store and get a cup of coffee for a quarter. <laughs> Why would you spend two dollars at that time? Two dollars was yeah. a big deal for a cup of coffee. Sure. Now two bucks won't even get you in the door. Is there a cover charge? No cover charge. <laughs> Is there a two coffee minimum? No." There's not. Is there a live performance area where coffeeed up, uh, uh, caffeined up bands will play? There will be, yes, in the future. And, and there's could, an event space on the roof as well. I mean, you can go in any Starbucks and, and buy an audio CD of kind Whatever. of some sort of music. Smooth jazz. The roof thing reminds me, though, Dean. I think, <laughs> Dean, we jazz. both remember when and the we, Beatles played live on top of the Starbucks. That's very true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to hold your bean. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Dean, big guest on the show later this week uh, uh, from uh, Channel 9, one Morgan uh, Culkin. Oh, Morgan Kochmeyer. <laughs> Might want to get that down before she shows up. Morgan um, Kochmeyer. She's uh, she's delightful. She is uh, very delightful. I, I presume you're having her on because she's hosting. Nope. Didn't uh, even know about it. She's just delightful. The Friends. 
<laughs> we did, every Saturday night we do a block of uh, the TV show Friends, right. starting at six o'clock on Saturday night. And she is a fanatic uh, for Friends. She um, is uh, hosting this coming Saturday evening with her favorite uh, episodes. I interviewed Jennifer Aniston yesterday. You know, Rachel, the Rachel. Yeah, we were just from, talking about. It. I saw you play it from this the morning. show, and uh, I told her that you know Morgan's a fanatic. And, uh, you know, is there anything that she can advise? And she advised her to watch her new TV show that's called The uh, Morning Show, which oh. I think I may be boycotting. Oh, oh good one, Jennifer. She uh, she said that uh, she researched uh, this morning show by going and hanging out at Good Morning America. Uh, whatever. Uh, and and how badly do you guys crush Good Morning America in Chicago? I don't want to. I hate to brag. Right. <laughs> but it's big. Hey, Greg. Often we beat all the com- competitors combined. Yep. But but, uh, but why bring it up? I mean, you wouldn't I, bring it up. I don't want to brag. <laughs> that wouldn't be polite. I mentioned when we were talking about this a few minutes ago before you were on. I saw the first uh, episode of the morning the, show. Her morning show. The morning show on Apple TV. Yeah. Um, it's it's Matt. It's the Matt Lauer story. Matt Lauer ought to be getting you know some sort of residual hmm. because her co-host on the show, Steve Carell. Uh, Steve Carell is fired in the first episode um, for uh, for having uh, sex with people that worked uh, there and for him. Oh, so that is exactly that. They should have hung out at the Today Show, right? Their inspiration instead of Morning America. <laughs> Probably been time to do the research there. Hey, you know how Matt Lauer got thrown out? I know this might be a little awkward for you guys, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Friends reunion. What time is that thing on? That uh, starts at six o'clock on Saturday night. What time is Morgan on? Morgan uh, Farfignugan will be on at uh, six forty-eight on Friday. Okay. Is it Friday? Six forty-eight on Friday. Excellent. Elton John new dates. They just announced this about ten minutes ago that Elton John, you know, he's on his uh, farewell tour that's taking about five years to complete. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just announced that he's going to be coming back to the Chicago area for a couple of more dates. It's going to be July 19th and 20th of next year at the United Center. Now, the way Dean found this out, it's not the normal way where you get some sort of news break or a source calls him. Jim Toronto, Elton Jim, was crying, weeping openly. Not even this. And called him uh, from his home, and it took Dean about a half an hour to to, to, to have Jim explain what he was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, Well, I haven't uh, spoken with uh, Jim. I'm sure he's uh, uh, beside himself with this news. Right. Uh, You know, he's seen almost 200 shows now. Yeah. He went to Cleveland the other day, and I think it was like number 197, something like that. Well, why stop now? It's only money. Undoubtedly, he's going to go to these two shows in June. Tickets are going to go on sale uh, Friday. Uh, The the way that I really found out is Elton called here a little while ago. Did he? And uh, said, do you mind if I crash in your spare bedroom that a, seems right. a couple of nights? So that's fine, but you got to leave the feather headdress at home. You know, if, if you <laughs> sequins had, get everywhere. If you had a $7 cup of coffee and you drove to Cleveland to see Elton John, it would kill my father if he wasn't already dead. <laughs> uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm hosting a special advanced screening of this tonight uh, at a theater downtown. I can't give the secret location uh, just yet, but uh, we're going to see the movie uh, at 7 o'clock tonight. And the movie studio gave me ten pair of tickets to give away. Wow, River North. Uh, I can't say which one. <laughs> can't say which one that it is. But if, uh, if somebody, would, if you'd like to win one of those ten pair of tickets, uh, I've got all the details on how you win. If you go to my uh, Facebook page, which is Dean Richards WGN, easy to remember because that's where I work and that's my name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dean Richards WGN, mm-hmm. and I've got uh, there's a link on there that you can go and sign up and uh, maybe you'll join me 
And uh, they sent me a whole box of uh, uh, Mr. Rogers stuff to give away. A Red's uh, Mr. Rogers sweater. No kidding. Oh. Which is very cool. A Mr. Rogers tie, a book, a little uh, Mr. Rogers figurine. Here's the one that I don't understand. There's a little uh, bottle of uh, body lotion, you know, like moisturizer. With the with the little Mister Rogers red sweater on the bottle. What is that? I don't remember moisturizer <laughs> lotion with Mister Rogers at all. Oh, on the last year he was big into hand sanitizer. He just became germphobic. No, I don't know what that is. That's yeah, crazy. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember the. Lotion. It sounds actually kind of creepy. It hey, might, did, did you see the do- why it was such a beautiful day in the neighborhood? <laughs> did you see the documentary? <laughs> I did see the documentary. It's great. It's amazing. He was an amazing guy. He was an amazing guy, and I'm hearing amazing things about Tom Hanks playing Mister Rogers in this movie. I can tell you more about it. I'll, I'll see it tonight, so I can uh, spill the beans on it tomorrow. And is that at the River North? Cannot uh, <laughs> disclose which secret location <laughs> this will be. This will be at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not helping really, am I? <laughs> that is where they hold a lot of special screenings, but uh, really I am not, not at liberty to give that information. Only the ten winners uh, will get that information of sure. where this very, very high security secret screening will be taking place. We can't say where it is, but it rhymes with schmiver schmorf. Schmivers. <laughs> All right, thank you, buddy. See ya. See ya, that's Dean Richards. You got a tree lighting, G, coming up? Yes, this Saturday. Is that at, at your house? No, this Saturday at New City, which is on 1457 North Halstead Street. Um, this Saturday, 5 p.m., there's going to be Santa Claus, an elf workshop, train rides, and a chance to win $500 uh Prize, uh, prize worth five hundred dollars. You have to decorate a tree. You just plug it no, in. No, I think I just switch. plug it in. And there's going to be a chorus. It's going to be fun. It's going to. I'm going to be out there lighting the tree and doing other well, festive nice. stuff. I know you like to be invited to things, so yeah. I'm inviting you. Yeah, I can't make it this Saturday. New city, um, but I appreciate the invite. Yeah, it's a really great mall. Um, there's bowling. There's a movie theater. I know that. I know which. Oh, you know where it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there a Starbucks. Uh, probably there's coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so come on out. What time again? Five o'clock on Saturday. Bring the kids. Absolutely. New City Annual Tree Lighting Festival. Nicely with me. done. All right. So there you go. You, you know, one of the things you're going to hear again and again throughout this impeachment process is, well, nothing can get done now. It's nonsense because both sides' leadership could uh, continue to uh, talk about things that are important, like immigration. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to our next guest. Please identify yourself, you famous author, you. Oh, hi, I'm Fiona McEntee. And you're a lawyer. I am. What's your what's your firm's name? McEntee Law Group. What do you specialize in? We focus exclusively on U.S. immigration law. I would assume you're quite busy. Yes, we are. Can you give me an update? Uh, cut through the BS for a little bit for me and give me an update on how these kids are doing to the best of our knowledge. Or is it so hidden by government nonsense we don't even know? The kids were taken away. Oh, I was going to say, which children? Because, yeah, exactly. You know, coming from yesterday with the Supreme Court case um, for DACA, you know, uh-huh. they're obviously not like babies, but, um, you know, someone's children. Um, so, I mean, as far as the family separation, you know, the one of the big problems is that the trauma that's been inflicted on sure. these children will actually continue not even throughout their own life, but into the like next generation. And that's not just my word. It's coming from trained psychologists. Um, and it's just heartbreaking to think of the trauma that's been inflicted on them really f- for no reason. Well, there's the thing. I, I, look, the, the, the immigration system in this country needs to be fixed. This isn't the way you do it. This is the way you address anything. And the way it's been addressed, again, by the leadership in Washington is uh, is outrageous. And there's no reason it can't move forward. So anyway, 
You're an immigrant from where? From Dublin, Ireland. No, I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're a U.S. citizen now. I am, yeah. Yes. Congratulations. I'm a very proud, naturalized U.S. citizen. So you know Thank a you. thing or two about being an immigrant and yeah. also getting naturalized as a citizen. Yeah, absolutely. And you have kids? I do. Two oh. children. How old? Um, my daughter just turned six and my son will be four in January. And so you got a personal so. stake in this besides a professional one, obviously, and you wrote a book. Yeah, I did. I mean, I just found that reading to my kids every night, I didn't find that there was anything that really spoke to what was happening in immigration. And I found that like kids were really confused just as much as we are by looking at like, Mom, why are they talking about building a wall? And why are they taking kids from their parents? You know, my kids have been to so many protests and everything. So they're really aware, I think, of at their own level of what's going on and I just thought it was you know I really wanted to to try to write something that would help explain some of this to them and and their peers the discrimination is really concentrated towards black and brown people uh, people of color really that are trying to immigrate to the country yeah absolutely and as an Irish immigrant I completely recognize the privileged position that I'm in and I think that it's it actually is really offends me that there's so many Irish Americans that look at the families that are immigrating now and see don't see the parallels between the Irish immigrants that came over on the famine ships across the sure. Atlantic and I mean it really that is something that I feel like um, needs to be addressed and there's a page in the book where I talk about the families at the border and basically just say they're just like the generations of immigrants that have come before and you know it, 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 it's a shame that it, it takes this to, to really recognise it but um, you know I can see the parallels like they're so clear to me um, yeah the fire's burning and uh, we need somebody to to put it out and we need people to step up and do it it's all in the book our american dream it's written by fiona mcintee and uh, we'll talk more about that and uh, what you do when we come back Thank you. stick around for a sec uh you want to throw out a social media hook here if somebody wants to follow you sure yeah okay where do we follow you um at us visa lawyer on twitter and instagram so. not your first day no <laughs> not gonna have to spell mcintee for you <laughs> let me re-welcome fiona mcintee here again the title of your book is our american dream all right, so uh, you got a busy law firm. You have lots going on. What's a typical case? Like, what sorts of people do you, you represent? Um, we have a pretty varied client base. Um, we do a lot of extraordinary ability visas, so O1s. So for people who are, actually some of my clients are featured in the book, but um, my mm-hmm. artist client, Yulia, she's on it. We got an O1 for her um, based on her amazing um, expertise in art. We do a lot of like tech entrepreneur um, type clients. Well, you know, one of the arguments the uh, Trump White House makes is we want people here are going to be able to contribute to American society and folks that are trained. I happen to have a friend um, who, uh, a girlfriend uh, of his, had to go back to Egypt mm-hmm. and she had two master's degrees yeah. and wanted to stay. So right. how, how does that all get figured out? Yeah. We yeah. were just talking about brain drain and how right. much That's brain I mean. drain is happening yeah. in this yeah. country. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, for an administration that is talking about the best and the brightest, um, it's kind of unusual, or I guess it's interesting to know that they've all but eliminated the startup visa that was introduced by the Obama administration. That was specifically for... Um, um, entrepreneurs who had like startups or new companies and those who had received significant funding from 
like smart money from venture sure. capitalists um, or accredited investors and it would the idea was that this visa would innate or a parole type um, basically this work permit would allow them to stay here to continue to grow their business and sure. thereby creating American jobs so on so forth so I mean you think that administration that appears or claims to be pro business would be supportive of that program yeah, but that really was not the case that has been basically all but eliminated as so, well. so in fixing the immigration system um, it's multi steps obviously to get it done but um, is there truth in the arguments on both sides or is some of it true some of it not true and, you know politics gets in the way I mean, I think the truth is that the system needs some big changes. Um, I think we would probably disagree on what those changes um, should be. But, I mean, in relation to foreign students as well, you know, obviously Chicago is a really big university town. Yeah, sure. I myself am a graduate of Chicago-Kent, which is part of the Illinois um, IIT or Illinois yep. Tech, as it's now known. And I'm on the alumni board for the university. Um, there's a huge percentage of foreign students that come here to study. They pay full tuition for the most part and um, they end up you know subsidizing American students for scholarships and things like that because they do pay full tuition also while they're here they're spending money they're renting apartments they're you know like having a positive impact on the economy instant tax base yeah exactly as soon as they get here what what about what about the argument that's made all the time that it's not fair to the people who did it the right way or were in line and all of that because you represent people who are trying to do it the right way through the system as it exists. But what about that argument? Because that's a great way to throw politics in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, you know, (laughs) my family did it the right way, I would say, let's look at the way that your family did it and let's look, was there even a wrong way at that time? You know, um, John Oliver actually did a really interesting um, kind of take on on this whole get in line Mm -hmm. and he broke it down and he's like, you know, it was I would encourage people to watch it because he did a really nice job of actually educating people yeah. on, on the right It's way. not just a comedy show. It, uh, yeah. it, they do really good research. It's called Last Week Tonight. It's Sunday nights on HBO or On Demand. Yeah, that's right. And he himself has gone through the immigration system as well. And he explains how, you know, for some people... There is no line. There is no line for some people to get in. So, and I hear this all the time. Oh, this person, like somebody with all the conversation about dreamers in the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. someone said, well, they just missed their chance for amnesty loads of times. Why didn't they jump in line? Do you not think if there was a line for these people, for these really hardworking, all they want to do is to be able to stay here. If there was a line, I can guarantee you that they'd be on that line. And people don't mind, you know, paying a fine or things like that or whatever they need to do um, they're really committed to this country and I feel like this country you know that they deserve to be here because of the hard work that well, they, they frankly they work a lot harder than we do because we're here yeah <laughs> so to come here is it you know I equate it with adopting a child mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people can have a baby the idea that you would make the effort to adopt a child you got to go through 10,000 hoops right it costs a lot of money yeah immigration is the same way yeah and actually one of the it's interesting that you bring up adoption because one of the stories in the book is based on my sister-in-law faith Okay. She was adopted as a baby from the Philippines at six months old um, into a family in, and she had a pretty tragic um, story from her birth family. And she was adopted by a family, an amazing family in Rhode Island. And mm-hmm. she's featured in the book. And, you know, for her parents, their dream was to have um, a baby. And the baby happened to be born in a different country. Right. And so, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot 
harder to to navigate these systems and I think you do get a different appreciation for the process and for where you ultimately end up given what you've gone through to to get there well both sides could be better but the idea that we just say no to everybody until we figure it out is ridiculous it's not how this country works it's not how this country was founded Mm, I agree Um, what's the name of the book again I seem to have forgotten have I had time to plug the book gee I don't think I plugged (laughs) the book yet you have it's our American dream and the illustrations are quite beautiful in there as well you get the last question, G. Oh, well, you know, I. where do you think it's headed right now? What do you think? How can people help? Like, So, okay, there, I think there's a lot of ways to help. Actually, at the... In, there's a note section at the back of the book and okay. I thank a lot of advocacy groups that have really been tremendous non-profits you know on the ground really helping people people could take a look at that list and see which ones you know each organization needs different things as far as resources or volunteers or money or, or where do know. we find a list did you say so I have a list in the book okay. but I'd be happy to put the list actually on on the website for the book um, our, that'd be great we could link Amer- it yeah our American Dream books.com and I could put a section for advocacy groups up there so people could look and, and see those groups and and bottom line is that Congress needs to get their literal act together and do something it's not fair that the fate of so many people hangs in you know the balance of a Supreme Court and, and it doesn't have to take seven years right if we fix a system isn't yeah. that the, about the length of time it takes to become a citizen? Is it seven years? Yeah, but that's assuming like there's a line that you can get in first, which is kind be, of mythical. You're yeah, me. which it, yeah can be, and um, you know, so assuming there's a line for you to be in, you need to get your green card. You need a basis for the green card using these kind of limited basis that exist at the moment, and then you have to have your green card for five years and to then be able to consider citizenship, unless you're married to a U.S. citizen. That that period is reduced to three, but. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's for for Congress has been needed. We've needed them to act for quite a long time, and you know, with the Dreamers' fate literally hanging in the balance. Yeah, I, again, for people who don't understand what DACA is, these kids were literally kids. They had no say in whether or not they were coming here or not coming here. Um, they've gone to college here, or they're in college here. They're they're going to be contributing to society. The idea that they're going to send them home, yeah. home in quotes. This right. is their home exactly. to a country they've never been to necessarily. Or certainly not where they live. It's ridiculous. Mm, yeah, and I mean to be honest, oh, I mean if I, I, mean, I get I you fired decide, up now. Yeah, well, right, right, right. yeah because <laughs> yesterday the president <clears throat> tweeted something that I feel like it, it is blatantly false. He said that some people with DACA are, and this is an exact quote, hardened criminals. This was his tweet yesterday on the day that the Supreme Court is deciding this case. So by definition, to qualify for DACA, you need to prove that you do not. You can have maybe a misdemeanor. You can have a significant. Criminal records. You can't be a felony gang member. No, you cannot be a hardened criminal and have DACA. So I just feel like the it's a disservice to the American people to to put that up on Twitter and have people read it who who don't necessarily you know know otherwise. There, why would you not believe something that the president of America says in a tweet? It's not. It's. Patent, like it's absolutely false, and I just think that, um, especially in relation to DACA, I would encourage people to read up on it and and really and also realize that behind all these statistics of like seven hundred thousand people, like these are people I know them personally. They're human you beings. Know they're human beings, and this is their lives that are being toyed with. And, and, and again, and then yeah. take it right back to where we started. Impeachment's a huge deal. It does not have to stop Washington. That is a choice that's being made in Congress to stop. Uh, Immigration can still be discussed 
um, debated yeah. and move forward. So you yeah. know, you got to keep it in mind. Don't uh, don't allow people who are already there to stay there if they're going to behave in this manner. Yeah, three hundred fifty-six days till election. Right, three fifty-six. We have it right Ready. here. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Name of the book again: Our American Dream. And uh, best of your kiddos. And uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Too. Thanks for coming over. All right, coming up uh, the CLTV hour, Dave. Uh, be prepared to do your famous parade wave to our CLTV. Should I do audience. it now? If you want to practice. Okay, yeah, this is yeah. how it goes. Fawn, meanwhile, is uh, producing. We thank Fawn for that. And uh, John's going to uh, clean up Christmas next hour as well. Oh, good. Good. Uh, we note with sadness the passing of a couple of uh, members of the WGN family. Ellen Blomberg, who was only here about six months after I came here in 2000 or so. Mm. And uh, she moved on. Great lady. Yes. Fabulous lady. And Michael Jordan. Not that one, this one. Michael Jordan was a guy who was uh, endlessly entertaining, who always had something going on business-wise other than what he did here, including the fact that he was an extra. In everything. In every production that came to Chicago. Yep. And, oh, I um, loved him. He was great. Oh. Michael passed last week as well. So Not God bless dad. both of them. Rest in peace. Gee, guess what it's time for? <gasps> I'm so excited. Is it time for Neighborhood Eats? Yes, it's time for Neighborhood Eats. Explain what Neighborhood Eats is. Um, it is a segment, an article, and a video story that I do in conjunction with Sun Times, Chicago Sun Times. Um, every Wednesday, a story comes out. This week, I skipped a week, so I wanted to go back to a favorite that um, I featured before. I was with you, lovely people here at WGN Radio, and uh, we do a lot of sports here. And I figured, what goes well with sports? Dave, I was thinking about you. It is the chicken wing, and I believe that Land Birds, L-A-N-D, Land Birds, mm-hmm. in Logan Square is perhaps, I would say, I'd, I'd The best bet, chicken wing in the yeah, city. I would bet that it was, and yes. is. And uh, it's uh, there's a big run on them on Sundays on game day. It's absolutely incredible. And I have Eddie Lee, who is the owner. Here what up, Eddie Lee? Studio Hi, with us. Yeah. I can't imagine the last time you enjoyed a Sunday. <laughs> because you got to be working your tail off. Oh, uh, every day for the last year. We're coming up on our first full year. Well, is it true what they say? The first year for a restaurant is the make or break year? Um, they say, I think the statistics, 60% fail in four months, and then 90% still within three years. So uh, depending on how much overhead, how much uh, sure. money was thrown into it when at the start. Whether the chicken strike or not, you yeah. know, take the price up. Yeah. yeah, usually most restaurants break or break even points about three years on average. He knows a lot about this because he used to be a consultant. So he's for a restaurants? business guy. Um, I did uh, some for businesses, small businesses, uh, businesses that want to scale. But before that, it was... Um, you know, hawking a software for big corporations. So is this a dream that you've had to do your own restaurant? Yeah, it developed into a dream over the last 10 years. Good for you, man. Yeah, on or off. Good for you. I started working in restaurants when I was younger. Um, it was easier to get a job, also get paid, on, you know, cash sure. with tips and things. I uh, did front of house, back of house, prepped, bust, waited, uh, bartended. Did you ever think you'd work this hard? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing somebody chewing right now, and it's because John DeCoss is... Oh, uh, oh, my God. Live review. Okay. First of all, the aroma mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Oh, that's it. That's cologne. the first thing. It is? Oh, your cologne is on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I perpetually but, smell like chicken now. Yeah. It's it. The crispiness is... Un- first of all, they're huge. Okay. Second of all, it's crispy on the outside, so tender on the inside, and... It's sweet mm-hmm. with a little kick. Yep. It's phenomenal. You're falling in love. I'm telling you. John, and <laughs> no one is paying away. you for this review. No, no, this is no, an no. unbiased. Uh, unless I'm being uh, bribed with a 
Chicken wing. Yes, well, that's the case. All right, you and I are going to try them in the break. We'll come back and talk more with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Name of the restaurant is? Land Birds in Logan Square. All right, go there today. I insist. So we have tried the chicken wings. Uh, John DeCoss is weeping in the corner. Um, I, I just never want you to leave. <laughs> because <laughs> these wings are tremendous. We have Eddie Lee from Land Birds in Logan Square. And you know what, Eddie, I like about it is because um, you said this is about a three-level spice. Mm-hmm. I am the biggest wimp when it comes to spicy food. I mean, I'm a zero. I'm a negative one. I'm the mild guy. Yeah. Um, that doesn't bother me at all. Because sometimes when the food's hot, even yeah. at my level of tolerance, you can't taste it, right? Yeah. All you taste is the pain. Yeah. Um, so these are tremendous. Well done. So what can you tell me, G? What can you tell me about the the, uh, the coating, the, well, the, what, what he does? Let us delve into why this chicken wing is so great. And John DeCoste in the commercial break said... It's like a candy coating. It's, yeah, it's candy coating on the outside. And it's that's what's so addictive about it. There's this crunch factor. There's this sweetness. There's also this spiciness. And uh, there's a lot of love that goes into these wings. They're never frozen. They're always fresh. Um, Eddie, do you want to go into a little bit more about what makes them so special? Sure. Um, never frozen, fresh. Uh, they're prepped in the store every day. Um, we lollipop the mid and the upper arm so that the lollipop um, means that it's French. So mm-hmm. it's basically like the uh, the bone is clean on it, and so you just get this beautiful nugget of chicken on the end. Okay, it looks so, like a lollipop. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now are those tougher wings to find? They have to be sold in a particular way. No one preps it that way. Like so, we have to do it by hand. Oh, you do? Yeah, and so it's a lot of labor, a lot of love going into them. Um, we do them every day. We're at a point right now, um, one year in, and we're doing about. Two tons a month. Wow. Golly. Yeah, so. And who's doing the majority of the chefing? You said you made this for us. Uh, yeah, I did this this morning, but um, I got a great crew um, starting to solidify the team right now. And then they're, they're coming in every morning for a couple hours, Frenching during before we open, sometimes even during. So they're fresh. They're Frenched by hand. That means they're prepped by hand into this lollipop style. Then tell us about the batter and then also about how you fry them. Um, so we removed wheat flour. Um, some places only dredge in cornstarch. Sometimes they use uh, egg and milk and okay. kind of over dredge. Um, I find it that it soaks up too much oil when you start frying them. So we did a dry dredge just with a combination of vegetable starches and rice flour. Okay. And so we also um, blanch it ahead of time. So it's par frying, like French fries. So we do the first wave of frying, and then we air dry. So it lends more to the crispiness. And then when you order, we fry it a second round. Um, Takes a little bit more time, but I think it lends to the crispiness and the the tenderness of the the wings. How much of this is to go? Um, I mean, all Sunday, I'm sure. Sunday depends on the games. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. we do a lot of half. Probably do a lot of college football stuff, too, right? Yeah. That and then now we're starting to find that uh, even soccer, international soccer. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. And you can attest to how crispy this wing is Tremendous. because it's been in the car with him for an hour since he <clears throat> fried it and it's still crispy. You know, you said that the heat builds up the more you have. Mm-hmm. And that is true because I just finished, uh, I think, one twenty three. So I'm on my 23rd. <laughs> yeah. It's a little hotter now on the 23rd wing. Yeah. <laughs> I would um, like to go check in with our team. Super Joe, what do you? what's your uh, verdict? Turn your mic on, buddy. <laughs> Why am I not hearing you? <laughs> okay, oh, well, hold on. We'll, Try again. Yeah, I would say uh, the, the the thing that stands out the most is the crispiness. You know, um, yeah. I know it's been talked about already, but so many wings nowadays are the focus is on the sauce and how hot it is, and right. you just kind of bite into this, you know, um, <laughs> non crispy 
uh, nugget. This is really that. That's the best part of it. It's really, it's good. Viv, what do you think? Amazing. I, I loved every bite of it. Yeah, hold on, Dave Bennett. I know you're working. Have a friggin' chicken wing. Okay. And they're called friggin' chicken wings. At they this are. Point. And he is our sports director. He should know a thing or two about. Hey, wings. Dave, get away from them. Get away <laughs> from the wings, Dave. The other wonderful thing is, it's a. They just have a very simple menu. They have how many spice levels? Four. Four spice levels. You can order your wings by a half dozen, a dozen or you can do different size party trays. Mm-hmm. And then they also have, um, every, all the wings are served with a side of white rice because this is nice. kind of a Korean style chicken wing. Like that move. They also have a fried rice that has um, kimchi in it, uh, spam, mm-hmm. a lot of seasonings that you can also order. It's called musubi rice. So something you would find in Hawaii. Yeah, And you wrote this up and it's going to appear where today if it isn't already? It is on the Chicago Sun-Times website. Okay. And we'll also, we'll share the link on WGN Radio. But I know that it's football season, it's sports season. You don't want to miss out on these wings. Every time I've brought them to a party, anytime I've introduced a friend to them, it's tremendous. people are addicted. Yeah. And you can't, I mean... And Eddie, still, here's, the, here's the real testament. How long have you been doing this now? Um, for about 12 months now. Yeah. yeah. So for Almost a year, a year. Yeah. he's been living in chicken wings, yep. and you still love them. Yep. I eat them at least once or twice a week still. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. So Can you give your address out? Dave Ennett. Uh, excellent, excellent. Now, I see what you meant, Super Joe, about the crispiness, and uh, it's got a little kick to it. Yeah, yeah. it does. Hint of soy? Like yes. Okay. Here's the thing. You go and buy a tray, most wings, they're not going to hold up on the ride home, right? Yeah. No. But and this... Two hours in traffic, they're still good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still crispy, still delicious. Yeah, they really so are I good. Can't, uh, I can't praise it enough, so... Uh, Go to Lambert's. You guys are open how many days a week? Uh, six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, we're open starting noon, noon to nine, Tuesday through Saturday, noon to seven on Sunday, 2532 North California Avenue. And they're so famous that describe the people. People have been coming from all over the world for your wings. Yeah, it's been nuts. Uh, Instagram's been awesome for us. Um, I don't know how businesses survived before social media was around, but... Before you had these things called telephones. Yeah. (laughs) From a simple photo, we're getting um, a lot of messages, um, phone calls from, you know, Dubai... India, right? <laughs> India. We had a whole soccer team in from Ireland when they wow. were here for the summer. Um, Hong Kong. You know, like it's just been nuts. You had folks in from Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, early so on. So people are traveling. So they'll leave the airport and head directly to Landbirds because yeah. there's so many chicken wing aficionados sure. that are crazed about sure, the sure, chicken sure. wing. Can you order online? No, not yet. We, but you're working on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, obviously on Sundays or Saturdays, if we want a tray, we should call ahead, I assume. Yes. Uh, What's your phone number? At least a day ahead of time. Um, that'd be great. Uh, you can actually call me. <laughs> <laughs> but go to his Instagram. If just... you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook too, right? Yes. Okay. Instagram, Facebook. But our phone number is 773-697-7107. All right. Excellent. All right. And it's well uh, Landbirds Chicago on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And Landbirds, again, is L-A-N-D-B-I-R-D-S. And let it be known that I made Dave have a chicken wing and he's never been happier with me. Absolutely. I'm very happy. <laughs> it, was, it was excellent. Yeah. It pulls one. Really is good. Yeah. Well, look at you. Eddie's all happy. Yeah. And they all, they all are coming for wings later. Yes. And the great thing is you're supporting a local business. And Absolutely. he's a Chicagoan, so there you go. Uh, Logan Square, 2532 North California. What is that, California and? Just south of uh, Logan Boulevard, just north of Fullerton by about two blocks. Okay. And there's a, a Starbucks right there. So, yes, correct. Yeah. You know, yeah. Gee, if you need a Starbucks. Exactly. Yeah. We're just north of the blue line. You won't regret okay. it. Trust me. Go. 
Facebook me, tweet me, write me, let me know what you think. Um, you won't regret it, and you'll be supporting a Chicago born and raised us. Citizen, nice to meet you. Person. Nice to meet you. Thanks too. for Thank coming you. over. Yeah, thank thanks you for, for the wings. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, easy, John. Nine twenty-six. <laughs> we'll come back in a moment on seven twenty. WGN. Yeah, the Christmas bonus has kind of gone out the window to some degree. So consider this check in yours. <laughs> uh, man, that's good stuff. Really is. Uh, Steve Grzanich in the newsroom. If you finish your wing, can I ask a question? Can I, so wait a second. If this is my bonus, can can I have two more done? We've only got about 200 in oh, here, no. Steve, so okay. you're going to have to make a, a, your claim. What did you okay. think? Oh, they're delicious. Yeah, they're they absolutely are. delicious. It's really well done. sweet and savory is just, it's my favorite. And sweet and savory, of course, still doing the morning show on B96, so <laughs> we're not plugging them. Uh, all right, Steve, so I know you've been able to monitor at least a little bit. We're still in the droning opening statement phase of the impeachment hearings? We are. Uh, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff has gone first, and now Devin Nunes is delivering his. He's the uh, ranking member on the House Intelligence Committee. He's a member, all right. Yeah. So the two sides will make their opening statements, and then uh, the grilling, the questioning, will be done by staff attorneys, uh, for the most part. And so... Uh, there will be a lot of questions and answers and not a whole lot of speeches going on this morning as these impeachment hearings are underway. be interesting to watch the politicians who are chomping at the bit to try to get on uh, how well they take the fact that they're not on camera. Yeah, and so it's also interesting, you know, here in the newsroom, we have uh, multiple t- television monitors. Yeah. All of them are on the impeachment hearing, so all of the networks are up, all of the news networks are up, and on C-SPAN and uh, some of the other stations are up as well. So. Yeah, I should say, uh, um, young reporter Pete McMurray uh, texted us the following. The committee itself streams the video on YouTube. Uh, PBS carries the hearings live. The networks will dip in and out after this opening soiree. And did Steve, did you know there was a C-SPAN 3? I did not. There are multiple C-SPANs. I, I didn't know exactly how many. I know there's at least two of them, but I didn't know there's a C-SPAN 3. And Dave, you say they run old C-SPAN They run shows? old hearings. Yeah, best of. <laughs> are, they running, are they running the Nixon hearings today? I yeah. Thought, I thought one was just on the uh, space station or something. Classic impeachments on C-SPAN 3. <laughs> C-SPAN uh, 8, the Ocho. Yeah, the Ocho, right, right, right. They played us at the United Center the other night, and I thought Roe was taking control of the mix of the music system, or as Joe Biden might say, the Victrola. Uh, Roe Khan joins us. Good morning, Roe. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Oh, my God. Just, I couldn't be better. I'm watching a guy in a bow tie uh, talk to Congress right now. It's, it's a lot of fun. I was just talking about this, um, and I apologize if this is you and I'm talking about you. Not you, Roe, but you, the listener. There is no grown man on the planet that looks good in a bow tie. It's it's just not it's it's a cute little boy thing and that's it. I do know a couple of gentlemen that with bow ties, they look very nice. No, 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 I can't allow it. Ro and I are shutting it down. Yeah, are they doctors? Because I notice sometimes a doctor wears it, and and I figure that's a professional thing so that the long tie it doesn't become a, a disease vector. Exactly, that's what we're talking about right there. <laughs> Uh, John the Deca- hypochondriac. John Decaus is here, uh, and John, as you know, is the musical director of the show. And I'm told that the other day you brought up the John Legend Kelly Clarkson redo of Baby It's Cold Outside, including my favorite lyrics I've ever seen in any song of all time. So really, I'd better scurry. Your driver, his name is Murray. (laughs) 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 That's as good as it gets, man. That is so good. Anyway, they redid Baby It's Cold Outside because of all this uh, uh, fall to all that hoo-ha. And I think you know where your folder all is. 
um, about the song not being PC or, or Me Too. Isn't that fair to, to sum it up that way? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, I, the, the, Deanna Martin, the daughter of uh-huh. Dean Martin, she has been all over the place. You know Deanna. Yeah. She, uh, she's she been all over the place in a in a tizzy about this because it's like it it is a, it is a little ridiculous i i understand that there are some moments in that song that are really uh pretty awful but 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 awful are, by today's standards right but you know there 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 might have been a there there might have been a roofing i don't i'm not 100 sure see this is the thing in the 40s dizzy. in the 40s it's just a song <laughs> that's true. I mean, there that's are creeps. True. There are creeps in every decade, but in the '40s, it's just a song. But if you take the '40s and apply it to now, not so much. I'd say the same thing about internment camps and slavery. Um, but uh, at any rate, John is decided. And I'd like you to hang around for this row if you could, if yeah. you could take time away from the bow tie. Mm-hmm. Um, John has decided to clean up Christmas. But first, give me a little uh, Joe, if you would, of the jo- John Legend Kelly Clarkson, so people know what we're talking about here. Um, Your driver, his name is Murray. Oh, we're both the dogs, so who's keeping score? I think they should rejoice. It's your body and your choice. Your eyes are like starlight now. One look at you. Listen to these now. Then you really ought to go. go, go. And? Well, Murray, he just pulled out. I And, Ro, as you know, we as responsible males, if there is a woman who really wants to stay, yeah. when, when a man says you really should go, 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 She's going to leave feeling good about herself. She's not going to leave thinking he never liked me in the first place. Am I right? <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's nothing I think worse than oh, you know, it's getting late. I got to get up right. early in the morning. I got a softball game. You, you know what? I'll get you an Uber. <laughs> yeah, Murray's outside going. Sorry, hop in, lady. All right. So when we come back, Ro. I'll need your uh, your assessment yeah. of John's work. But John has cleaned up Christmas and uh, oh. We'll, uh, oh, we'll, have, we'll have John sing to you in just a second. Ro Khan here. You want to plug something this afternoon? <coughs> Christian Bale is going to be on with us. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Is he going to swear at you and curse and throw things? Yes. <laughs> oh, good for you. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> the entire interview is going to be that. Well, that's great. Uh, a really, it's a really cool movie, the Ford versus Ferrari movie that he's in, mm-hmm. along with uh, that, uh, oh, God, what is his name? Matt. Uh, oh, yeah. Demond. Dean what Richards was talking to him the other day. I can't think of it either. Yeah. So Matt Damon uh, is it, 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 one of like the producers in this, and it really is a fantastic film. So well, Christian Bale's a great actor, and, and part of the the bonus is he's nuts, and that makes him a better actor. That is really true. Christian Bale is uh, Mr. Roper, and I are working on a, a project of about uh, films of the decade, mm-hmm. and Christian Bale, in terms of the best films of the decade, is in about. Uh, Something like almost ten percent of the top one hundred. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, a decent career. Um, I mentioned John DeCosta here. He's going to clean up Christmas. John DeCosta, the musical director of the uh, program. Um, all right. So here's what we'll do, Ro. And again, I'm looking for your Roper-like review. Mm-hmm. Um, Super <laughs> Joe, give me the original, and then John will sing the new version. Give me a little bit of the original on whatever. Oh, 
So, John, you felt you could clean that up? It needs to be cleaned up? Oh, I think it does. Good morning, Ro. How are you? Good morning, John. All right, let's hear it. Let's uh, hear it. Roll it, and, uh, and John will sing live on the air right here. Bless ladies and gentlemen, transgender, bi, and gay. We no longer will say Christmas, it's Happy Holiday. To save us all from Satan, but to those who Satan pray. Oh, small bars of mounds, no almond joy, no nuts, just soy. Oh, the fun-sized pounds, miles, and milk from soy. Uh, and again, we haven't recorded the album yet, but you can see what happened there. Your thoughts? Uh, it, it's, uh, well, I there's a little pitchy. Dogs, but <laughs> thank you. I think so too. <laughs> Other than that, um, you were moved by work. it. Yeah, you. I was. I was. Moved. You made it your own, and I think that's the most important. <laughs> All right, song number two, Super Joe, uh, the original, please, if you would. Frosty the Snowman, he's a jolly happy soul with a corn top pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. All right, so that's the original. I mean, it's a classic row. It's Frosty mm-hmm. the Snowman. Yep. I don't know how anybody could find anything objectionable, but John has. Let's roll John's version now if we can. Frosty non-gender was as happy as can be With the Tootsie Pop and the button nose And two eyes of made batteries <laughs> Frosty non-gender is a fake story, they say He, she made of snow, but the children know He, she came to life that day There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found For when they placed it on its head, he, she started dancing round. (laughs) Frosty non-gender told the kids the rules to play. There's no hugs you see, keep four feet from me, and police will stay away. I think you have ter- you have shown me something, Ro. I don't know if you feel you've learned, but you've shown me something there that you need to dig a little deeper. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. I, I always thought that about Frosty too. Yeah, <laughs> Frosty seemed seemed rather non-gender, sort of you know like a pat, like a they, right? Isn't that it? Yeah, right. Well, they, 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 hey, we're going to go running through the streets with a strange snowman. He, she. <laughs> He, he, she. Yeah, he, she. Well, we did say that non-binary should be they, they're, them, but mm, yeah. just, just, right. just, a, seems, sure. just a little note, just rather, a little asterisk. It does seem rather non-binary. Or, or is it binary because there's two part, like there's two balls? I don't know. You know, like there's a top ball and the bottom ball of Frosty. Yeah. Oh, and no, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it. I was confused for a second. By the way, those are snowman balls. Okay. Just to be clear, like, you know, that's way to go, deal. Row. Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> All right, third version here. The original Joe. What's it sound like? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All right, there's no possible way, Row, that John could have found anything objectionable with that. Am I right? <laughs> Turns out he did. Uh, whenever you're ready, John. Here we go. <clears throat> Frosty 
I started too soon. How about that? That's right. It'll sound good on the album. Oh, good. That's okay. Oh, wait. It was. We have to start it off. Right, I'm sorry. On, 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 on. I'm sorry. I got that all screwed up. I apologize. Oh, good for you. <clears throat> okay. I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Simon. Can I start again? Yes. Good thing this From is not here. <laughs> From the top. Lucky. Once again. A classic. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most average reindeer of all? Rudolph the normal reindeer. <laughs> He's the same as you or I. Nothing stands out about him. Like other reindeers, he can't fly. All of the other reindeer call him by his given name. They always wanted Rudolph to participate in all their games. Then one foggy holiday, who you believe did say, <laughs> Rudolph, with your normal height, won't you be on our team tonight? All of the reindeer cheered him, and they shouted out with glee, Rudolph the normal reindeer, participation his trophy. Ah, that's it. Again, Ro, I feel like I've been educated here. <laughs> I feel really good. I feel really good about America right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Rudolph. Good call. Rudolph yeah. was my favorite. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. They yeah. can't be your favorite. It's no favorites. No it's favorites. No favorites. That's the point of the song, Dave's Gene. Got, Dave everyone got it. can get behind the Rudolph. <laughs> Do you know how that's going to make Frosty feel? Oh, no. Okay, I love them all equally. Right. That's about right. I mean, come on. And uh, Ro will be handing out participation ribbons to his entire staff this afternoon, uh, starting at 3 on CLTV and 720 WGN. And Christian Bale, what time? Uh, 4.40. Or 4... Uh, four no? Hold on. <laughs> new schedule. Yeah, new schedule. I think 4.45. Okay, we'll be listening. Thanks, man. There you go. Thanks. That's Ro. And that's John. And you know who you are. Bill and Wendy coming up, 720 WGN. And we're getting only two types of texts right now. One that says John is brilliant. I'd, I'd beg to differ with that. And the other that wants to know the name of the chicken wing place again. Land Birds in Land Birds. Logan Square. Okay. Land Birds. Land Birds. You know the name of Land Birds. <laughs> <laughs> like twenty five hundred block of North California. Yes, twenty five thirty. I bet you, I bet you couldn't California. possibly sing Landbird the average chicken wing because they're not. They're not. That's you can't do saying. it. Can't do it. Uh, and by the way, when John gets his album done, is it called Safe Spaces or Triggered? <laughs> <laughs> safe Spaces. Okay. Yeah, we'll let spaces. you know. Safe Spaces, the holiday album. Uh, hi guys, how are you? Good morning. I was just telling John. I was looking at the Billboard charts. He's got three of the top ten spots all of a sudden. You're charting already? Up. Already, yeah. They say he's the Beatles of stupid. <laughs> I love that. Aww. The Beatles of stupid. No, it's a very creative thing, but I don't want people to be confused that we're doing something intellectual here. Yes, know? that's right. So, uh, What are you guys doing today? A friend of the show's stopping by. Mainly your friend, Bill. Well, on the phone. Uh, J- he'll, he'll come by, but we won't let him in the studio. Jimmy Pardo will be on the phone. 
So Have you gotten any taller? Because the last time I was talking to him, I thought What is up with you today? What are you talking about? You had pee and vinegar for breakfast. Do you know what Jimmy Pardo says to me every time he sees me? What's that, Chad? Uh, big bowl rice. Are you still at big bowl rice? <laughs> every time. <laughs> 630, Texter, uh, you just made me pee in my pants. <laughs> I assume that's referencing the songs, John. Okay. And that's good, right? Yeah. I'm trying to remember if that's good. That's good. I hope so. I pray it is. I think that's a compliment. Okay, good. good. Um, and are you guys going to be featuring holiday songs? Uh, today, pro- I can have John stay. Oh, John, well, yeah, would you stay for a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. sure. Are right. those wings staying? <laughs> yes. Yes. So whatever it takes. Uh, listen, I got a minute here because, um, you know, it's a whole rhythm thing. I'm not really used to our new timing. So what do you guys want to do? Dr. John Duffy's popping by as well. Oh, okay, we like him. He will be in the studio. He's in studio. There's a special on HBO, a comedy special. Gary Gullman is uh, a a comedian who's very, very funny. Very funny. And he did a special about being chronically depressed, and it's a great special because half the special is his stand-up, and the other half is him talking about how he's had a very, very difficult uh, last couple of years. Well, that's tough. So uh, John will be on. I I asked John last time he was on to please watch the special, and John did. Where where is it? On demand? It's on regular HBO. 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 Yeah. I'll check that out. Uh, Gary Goldman's explanation of Oreos uh, versus so funny. regular sandwich cookies. Yes. Uh, what is it, the Hydrox? Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Hydrox, yeah. The generic version yeah. of <laughs> Tremendous. Oreos. Yes. Tremendous. Um, all right. Well, we're out of time. You guys got to stop talking. It's uh, Bill and Wendy coming up in just a second. We'll get to the news. Steve, of course, will update you on what's happening as Bill Taylor is now speaking at the impeachment hearings and WGN Radio and WGN News on it all day, as you would guess. We'll get to the snappy music and then the guy with the big voice like this.